Ghosts of Christmas Presents, a seasonal story, written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. Chapter 14 Mr. Benedict Nail sits in what appears to be a monk's cell in a medieval abbey with a nun made out of paper and a couple made out of china. But what astonishes him most is to discover that he is Mr. Benedict Nail. Moments before, he had absolutely no idea that he was any such person. Indeed, he had no idea he was any kind of person at all. He was merely a novice in the scriptorium, summoned to help a sister speak to some recalcitrant pilgrims, and now, all of a sudden, he hears a name and realises it was his all along. I might tell you the story of Mr. Benedict Nail, says the China man. And Benedict Nail gasps and then pretends he coughed because he doesn't want to interrupt the man. He just learned his name. What else might he find out? Oh, no, says the paper nun. We need your story, not someone else's. And Benedict Nail's heart sinks. But the China man says, Oh, no, 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 this is my story. Well, ours, if you'll allow, Mum. He turns to the china woman in the vast violet china dress. I don't like it, says the woman, but I don't see how it's for me to allow or not. Well, says the china man, here's how it happened. Me and Mum live in a little china house, out mantelpiece way. He goes to gesture and realises he doesn't know which direction to indicate and just waves a hand airily. A nice little china cottage, Thatch roof, roses in the front garden, cosy little place. Well, one night we're sitting round a fire all hugger-mugger as the evening is drawing in when here comes this thundering at the door. Who could that be, Mum? says I. And why don't you go and see? says she. And I shall, says I. Perhaps, my child, says the nun, we could have the gist of the story, a little less reported speech. Well, says the Chinaman, giving up on trying to stall. It was this gentleman, Mr. Benedict Nail. And here he sneaks a glance at Benedict, checking that he is listening. Who is the owner of the cottage, as it turns out? It was a gift to him, apparently, from a young woman with whom he had um, an understanding. And then a misunderstanding. He abandoned her, says the woman. Well, whatever the events, says the man, here he is at our door, which is also his door, asking for charity, just as he gave us the charity of his house. And just as we are here now at the library asking for your sister. Benedict Nail has heard the subconscious mind described as a parliament of impulses, all warring with each other to have control. The part that wants Cocoa Pops for breakfast and the part that knows... It ought to have porridge. The part that feels it ought to finish that project and the part that just wants to finish that TV show. The part that dares and the part that quails. The part that thinks and the part that feels. He can, as the man speaks, feel all these parts waking up with a hangover in the voting lobby, storming back into the Parliament building and all starting to shout at once. He is starting to remember who he has been this whole time. 
just a little charity, the man is saying. A little kindness to keep the darkness at bay. Here at the library, says the nun, we help those who help themselves, just as we have this novice here. We have given him shelter, and he has given us stories, like his story about the Christmas card of Mr. Cardiman. Of course, says Benedict, suddenly remembering what he'd been talking about. Mr. Cardiman! We were just students then, and we thought he was hilarious. Such a stereotype, you know, the, 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 the pater familiar, with his, his old-fashioned facial hair puffing on the pipe. That, that's where the name came from, you know, uh, Mr. Cardi Man, the man in the Cardi. It became a running joke, really, a, a kind of a, a shortcut to, to talk about uh, that kind of person, you know, all old-fashioned and uh, straight-laced, uh, grown up and, uh, you know, manly, uh, patriarchal. That's the word. Benedict stops for a moment and contemplates the portrait on the wall of Mr. Cardiman smiling smugly down at them. But before the nun can stop him again, he continues. That's why he sent the card. Uh, whoever sent it. One of my friends. Uh, we were all students together, you know. And then, and then some of them had one of those drunken ideas one night in the pub. Uh, something silly, really. Uh, making a website. Just, just a silly thing. N nothing came of it. I, I mean, they did it. They, they put together a company. Uh, they made the thing. But, but nothing came of it. Uh, no one got rich. Uh, no one got successful. They, they, they made a company and made the thing, and the thing failed. The company failed, and then they, they went and did other things. I, I knew it would, of course. I mean, it was a silly idea, and they were young, and these things never, you know. And so when they asked me to join them, I, I, I didn't. I had, a, I had a good job offer, and I, I, took, I took that. And I may have been young, but, but, but I wasn't silly. And that's why he sent me Mr. Cardiman, whoever it was. He was saying that's who I was going to work with, who I was siding with, who, who I was turning into. Mr. 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 Cardiman. Benedict has not taken his eyes off the picture, but what he is seeing is nights round the table in pubs when all his friends would tell all the stories about the company they had started when they were too young to know better. And to be honest, he had heard the stories a thousand times before. And they weren't interesting the first time because you had to have been there. And he wasn't. The stories were, if anything, self-congratulatory and exclusive. You see, said the nun, such interesting stories that we now all share. Stories, their stories, that they all told, that they all knew, that they all shared. Benedict looks down from the portrait to discover that the China people are staring at him, as if waiting for him to speak, and he suddenly realises that there is a question he has been meaning to ask. You said that uh, the library, uh, Mr. Cardiman, helps those who help themselves, he says to the nun. Helps them to do what, exactly? We store the stories, says the nun. You know this. But why, says Benedict, what for? To share out? 
Have you ever been given one of the stories? Ever had one of the stories you told returned to you? I thought not. All you've got are these interviews, eking out an existence from the few memories new arrivals tell you. It's a pyramid scheme of memory, with every story being funneled to the top. The only person Mr Cardamon helps is himself. You have been listening to The Ghosts of Christmas Presents, written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. The music is The Path of the Goblin King by Kevin MacLeod of filmmusic.io and our illustrations are by Jamie Lenman. You can find more of our stories at christmasstories.co.uk or wherever you found this podcast and we'd be grateful if you could rate and review us while you're there as well. If you're feeling really generous, we now have a Patreon at patreon.com slash christmasstories where a subscription will get you versions of this story without all these annoying credits and lots of other exclusive material. But all we really want you to do is to listen to the next instalment of The Ghosts of Christmas Presents.